the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This one whose birth we celebrate, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is marvelous. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. In the creation, you know who was involved in creation? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because as we come to the Gospels, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll often hear preachers or teachers like me remind us that the people of God, the children of Israel, had felt silence from God for 400 years. There had been about 400 years that there were were no strong prophetic activity, that we don't have writings in the Bible from God speaking to his people. But God never left them. There was still God's provision and his protection, even as they rebuilt the temple. God still worked in righteous people's lives. People like Simeon, who he spoke to, and he gave comfort and reminder. And it helps us know that the Holy Spirit of God, who indwells every follower of Jesus Christ, he never leaves us either. In fact, one of my favorite verses in Scripture is referring to this when it says, He will never, no ever, not ever, ever leave you or forsake you. Whatever you're facing today, find comfort in that. Just as Simeon was waiting for the comfort of Israel, you find comfort in the fact that the Holy Spirit of God will never leave you if you're his child. So, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child, that's Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arm and he praised God saying. Now, what's interesting here is this is a song. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just burst into a song. Now, this morning was not really one of those mornings because last night I didn't really have a good night's rest. I got a short nap. And so when I woke up this morning, it was not, oh, what a beautiful morning. No, it was more like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me get my feet out of the bed. But I mentioned again in our Christmas Eve services and my brother's back here that that I love worshiping with my friend Steve Channer. And a lot of times he'll just kind of hang out in the back. And when Steve, he gets going, man, he just worships. And sometimes when you're worshiping, you might just burst out into a song because the spirit of God has been upon you and you are so moved by the presence of God that you can't help it. That's what Simeon does here. Listen to what he says. Sovereign Lord, 
In other words, God, you the one who knows everything, the one who is large is in charge. You have promised, may you not dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. And then you find one of the most interesting things in this passage. It says the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Is that not weird to you? This is Mary and Joseph. This is Mary whose cousin Elizabeth was having a child named John the Baptist when she was expecting Jesus. This was Mary who had encountered an angel. This was Joseph who had encountered an angel. This was Mary and Joseph who had shepherds just show up at their birth and worship their son. They knew what was going on. And yet, in this moment, they still marveled. Oh, brothers and sisters, those of you who are followers of Christ, can I just challenge you this Christmas morning, don't lose your marvel. Make sure you take some time to marvel in the moment. This one whose birth we celebrate, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is marvelous. Spending my life around people like us, church people, one of the things that's so disheartening is to see those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, and yet it looks like we got over our salvation. Let me just remind you, if you were saved, if you've been born again, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're walking in the way, if you've stepped across that faith line, that means you were headed to hell, but now you're going to heaven. That means you were dead, but now you're alive. That means you were in darkness, but now you're walking in the light. You've been changed. He picked you up. He turned you around. He put your feet on solid ground. You have been changed, and that's worthy of celebration. That's worthy of the marvel of the Lord. So they marveled. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, oh, this child, this child, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. Obviously, he's speaking of what would ultimately be the death, the cruel death of Jesus on the cross. And though Jesus would die on the cross as any mother would know that's lost a child, that would pierce the heart of Mary. Well, let me just make a statement and then just give you a few words of encouragement. While the birth of Jesus Christ is fulfilled and God's promise and his accomplished purpose takes place upon his revival, that creates a problem. That every individual must confront even today. So I want to talk about those three things. The promise, the purpose, and the problem. These are three things Simeon understood. We need to understand them too. Number one, Simeon understood the promise of Christmas. Remember that the birth of Jesus occurred just as the prophet said that it would. 
I just quoted some of this, but can I remind you what the prophet said? In Isaiah 7 and 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Micah 5, 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then in Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, why does this matter? If God kept his promises about something as big as this, then I'm going to suggest to you that you can depend on God to keep his promises to you. Are you trusting in the promises of God? When I was growing up, we'd sing that old hymn, Standing on the Promises of Christ, My King. Used to hear old country preachers say the problem with a lot of Christ followers, instead of standing on the promises, we're sitting on our premises. We're depending on ourselves. It matters in big ways, because here's one of the promises, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have forever life. That's a promise. Isn't that a big one? Or how about this one? Uh, In Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. That's a promise. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a promise. Uh, But it's also in practical ways in our life. Let me just give you another promise from the psalm. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. It doesn't say the Lord might show up if you're brokenhearted or he saves some of those who are poor no it's a promise of the lord are you trusting in the promises of god this christmas let me ask you something else are you expecting his promised return you see simeon was ready when jesus showed up because he was expecting god to keep his promise let me tell you something today we're celebrating the advent of christ jesus came But if you're a follower of Christ, you know that this book, the Bible, the very last thing it says is even so, come again quickly, Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming again. If God kept his promise the first time, you think he's going to keep his promise the second time? I believe he will. And I want to be ready. I want to expect his presence. Well, Simeon understood the promise of Christmas, but Simeon also understood the purpose of Christmas. That's verses 30 and 32. He understood that Jesus came for the purpose of shining light into a dark world. In other words, he knew the big why. The why. Why we're here. Why we exist. Jesus said it over and over again. He knew his mission statement. He said, I have come to seek and to save the lost. And all throughout his 33 years of life, even the religious people tried to get him off mission, but Jesus wouldn't let them do it. He would go hang out with those who were lost, the sinners, those who were partying, those who desperately needed him. And you know what the religious people did? They always said, why are you hanging out with those folks? But Jesus knew his why. That was his mission. I just need to tell you on this Christmas morning that as a church, we're going to be jealous about our why. We're going to remember our mission. 
And we're going to go forward into this new year understanding that all around us in Tampa Bay and across this world are people who need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They are our why. We exist for those who aren't here yet. It's a good thing that there's a few empty seats because we are here to reach out into our community and see those seats filled with those who need the salvation that comes through the birth, life, the death, and the burial of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, Christ follower, are you living according to God's why? Are you li- if you claim to be a Christ follower, have you kept the main thing the main thing? Are you understanding that that God wants you to shine his light in this world, to be a reflection of his glory, just as clear as Simeon saw that that's why Christ had come? Here's a side note. This is a great time to just reflect on what's coming down the pipe. We're we're one week away. One week from today is New Year's. And I am so excited uh, about our New Year's message that will take place right here in this room. I'm calling it Come Before winter and and come before winter i'm going to give you some practical application just to go into the new year but every time of this year we begin to think about our why why are you here i want to challenge you don't live another year of life without knowing your why I'm so thankful that earlier this year, just spending some time with someone that impacted my life, I was able to hammer out my why. And I really believe the reason I'm not dead, the reason I'm not already in heaven, the reason God has left me here is so that I can leverage my personal brokenness to to share a deep belief in the God of the second chance. I'm going to spend every waking hour, the rest of my life doing that to leverage the fact that, man, I'm a broken human being. I've made some wrong decisions. I've gone through some difficult things, but God's brought me through that. And I want to leverage my experience so that I can inspire a deep belief in the God of the second chance. Do you know your why? I pray that you do. Simeon understood the promise of Christmas. Simeon understood the purpose of Christmas. But listen to this, Simeon also understood the problem with Christmas. What's the problem with Christmas? Well, I I told you that he was praising God. But if we read this passage completely, what we see is that Simeon stopped praising and he started prophesying. And and prophecy is just telling forth the truth of God. So he stopped just praising God for who he was. That's part of what we do as Christ followers. But sometimes we just need to shout out to the world, hey! This is what God says. So look at it again in verse 34 and 35. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the hearts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon was waiting for the Messiah. But you know what he understood? Not everybody's waiting. And I have to confess, I've lived long enough to realize not everybody's looking out for Jesus right now. In fact, even today, there's a lot of things competing for your attention, for your devotion, for your focus. John 1 and verse 9, it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You know the problem with Christmas? 
The problem with Christmas is that with the arrival of Jesus, God drew a line in the sand. And drawing that line in the sand, he was really communicating. You've got to choose. You can't have it both ways. You either see Jesus for who he is and let that change your life. Or you reject him and go on your way. I've said this several times over the last few days, but the truth is, though we try, you just can't have it both ways. You can't worry and worship. You can't panic and pray. You you can't trust in your own mind and say you're trusting in the Lord. So what's it going to be for you this Christmas? For me, here's my prayer. I want to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I want to lean not into my own understanding. I want to acknowledge him in all my ways. And then I'll trust that he'll direct my paths. I pray that that's true for you. Hey, while the birth of Jesus is fulfilled through God's promises. And it accomplishes his purpose. His arrival creates a problem that every individual must confront. Even today. So what about you? What are you going to do when Christmas comes? Because it's here. Let's bow our heads together. I'm so thankful that you've chosen to come and worship on this Christmas morning. But here's the reality. As we celebrate his birth, we must contemplate his death. We must be moved to decide what we're going to do with Jesus. You see, in most of our lives, we've come to that line in the sand and we've made a choice. Either we've said, I I just want more of this world. (laughs) And this is a time of year where that's, man, there's a lot of that. We spend money we don't have to buy stuff we don't need to impress people we don't like. And yet we go through our life saying, just give me more of this. Just give me more of that. Just give me more of this world. But there's another way. And that's to say, just give me Jesus. Jesus, all I want is more of you. And that doesn't mean you become like a monk and you abstain from everything in the world. I'm not suggesting that. It just means that you get to a place where you understand what the right priorities are. And you live your life understanding God's promises. And you live your life consistent with his purpose. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a great day to just recommit to that. To saying, God, I want to live according to your why. And I want to better understand my why. I want to live my life for your glory. But somebody's here because I prayed that you would be. I'm confident you are. And you've, 
you've never really begun a relationship with God, that does not mean you're a bad person. I'm not suggesting that. In fact, you can be very religious. You might be Baptist or Catholic or Methodist or Episcopal or Lutheran or Presbyterian, Assembly of God, Church of Christ, non-denominational. Hmm, fill in your blank. (laughs) You may have even been through a lot of rituals like confirmation or church class or Holy Communion or Sunday school uh, or, or you've been dipped or dunked or sprinkled or you've walked down an aisle or you've raised a hand. You know, there's a lot of things we do. According to scripture, there's nothing we do that changes us. The only thing that changes us is what Jesus Christ did, what he has accomplished, what he's done. So maybe today you need to understand that truth of the gospel. You need to understand that you were born just like all of us, separated from God because of your sin. Sin's not just bad things you've done, it's who you are. And the Bible says if sin's left undealt with, remember this promise? I quoted it. The payment, the wages of sin is death. But God doesn't want that. He wants you to have the other part of the promise. The gift of God is for eternal eternal life. See, God demonstrates his love in that while we're still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. And you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ just by receiving his forgiveness and trusting in him. So if you've never experienced that in your life, I'd love to give you the opportunity to do that. And that's the best gift you could ever have. I can't imagine just the gift of being able to say on Christmas Day in 2022, I surrendered control of my life to Jesus. I received the gift of forgiveness and he came into my life and took control. So if you've never done that, would you consider praying this prayer? You can make it your own prayer. Just repeat these words after me, praying it out to God. Just say, dear Jesus, just you and him, dear Jesus, I know I need you. I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I now know that's why you came. You came as a baby. But that's why you died. You died as a man. took my payment my punishment you carried the burden of my sin so here I am (laughs) I received the greatest gift I could ever receive your forgiveness just tell him I received the greatest gift I could ever receive your forgiveness and I surrender control of my life to you I'm going to resign as the boss of my life And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Just tell him, from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Now, one more thing. Tell Jesus, thank you. Say, thank you, Jesus. For one moment more, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But if you just prayed that prayer, that's the most important thing you could ever do. That's the best Christmas gift you could ever receive. It changes us. It changes our life. So I'm not going to embarrass you or draw undue attention to you. In fact, it'll be just me and you as long as everybody just keeps their heads bowed and their eyes closed. But I want to welcome you to God's family and say congratulations because this is a big deal. So if you just prayed that prayer with me or maybe you cried out in your own words to God, when I count to three, would you just lift your hands up real quick and you can put them back down. You're just going to lift up your hand and put it back down when I count to three. One, two, three. Welcome to God's family. Welcome to God's family. Welcome to God's family. All across this room, welcome 
to God's family. Congratulations. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you how you can tell me, if you want to, what you've just done. It's real simple. I'm going to give everybody a chance to tell me something, and you can tell me that you just prayed that prayer and began that relationship with Christ. So, Lord, today, we just celebrated the reality that many have begun a relationship with you. Thank you, God. That's the best Christmas gift I could receive as a pastor, that knowing that you would take a sinful guy like me and use simple words to speak your truth and to change forever. So, Lord, I'm confident that the words we're about to sing not only express the desires of my heart, Lord, but there are many of us who would cry out, There's a lot this world has to offer. Some of it's good. A lot of it's bad. We'll take some of it, Lord. We'll leave a lot of it. But we're going to state for the record today, what we really want is more of you. Just give us more of you, Lord. Just give us more of you, Jesus. been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.